Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About This? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Be Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. If you subscribe to our website, you'll receive a free printable PDF file with over 30 motherhood affirmations. I wrote these affirmations at a time when I needed them and realized they could actually help others. You can use them as a bookmark, put them on your mirror, bedside table, fridge, or even the back of your toilet door, wherever you want, to help remind you of your strength, give yourself compassion, recognize perfectionism, rage, guilt, overwhelm, and enhance self-belief, self-love, and self-acceptance. You can give them to your family and friends, it would actually be the perfect gift for a new mum. Words have power, and I hope you'll be kind to yourself in this hard but worthwhile time. Head to thepowerofbirth.net to subscribe and download your free motherhood affirmations today. Sometimes it can be hard to know how to prepare yourself and your body for birth. A lot of focus tends to be on maybe the due date, possible inductions, your support people, or even having some kind of birth plan. This is all well and good, but birth happens beyond the external elements, and we need to be talking about preparing our minds and bodies implicitly, working through our traumas, our fears, our subconscious, as these elements can have a profound impact on the way we birth. So today I'm chatting to Rebecca Black, a passionate psychologist and birth educator and founder of the Mindful Birth Movement, who is based in Melbourne, Australia. Rebecca is passionate about supporting women to develop skills and strategies to effectively manage their mental health and to ensure that they experience a positive birth and positive well-being after the birth of their baby. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. I'm really excited to be talking about all the things that we're going to dive deep into. And so first of all, can you just start us off maybe telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be the Mindful Birth Movement? Oh, thank you so much for having me. So my name is Beck or Rebecca Black. I'm a psychologist. Uh, I'm a hypnobirthing practitioner. And after the birth of my first daughter, I developed my business, the Mindful Birth Movement, and decided that I'd learned hypnobirthing for my first pregnancy and birth and had an epic experience and decided that I had to share hypnobirthing with other couples, knowing from a psych perspective, how important it is to prepare for birth in a really positive way and how empowering it can be transitioning into motherhood from a really positive space and having a really great birth experience. So I kind of joined my two passions together, supporting women through their pregnancy, birth, motherhood journey, and then obviously teaching hypnobirthing as well. So that's where the Mindful Birth Movement started. Wow, very impressive and admirable. That's kind of what drew me to the mindful birth movement. And I really liked your take on birth and how I guess you are helping women eliminate some of their fears, but then really go within themselves and using these tools and techniques through hypnobirthing to do so. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about what hypnobirthing is maybe for those that don't know? 
Definitely. So hypnobirthing is really a philosophy or ethos around birth that believes that our bodies are perfectly designed to birth our babies. So when we're able to trust our bodies, follow our instincts and really support what our body is perfectly designed to do with tools and techniques and strategies, we can hopefully achieve a really natural physiological birth experience. But I guess my take on hypnobirthing is obviously supporting women to hopefully achieve a natural physiological birth but more importantly to me is really empowering a woman to have a positive birth and feel really prepared in control calm and strong as she births her baby Mm. and so i understand uh, i never did hypnobirthing but it, it was very big i guess when i was prepping for birth and things. And I had a couple of friends that did hypnobirthing and raved about it. And I still hear to this day, women rave about it and Mm. what it does for them. But I've also heard the opposite Mm. where some women tell me they feel they were a little bit deceived in a way, but I guess that I think that might go back to maybe birthing environment, which we'll get to in a second. My question is, do you believe that hypnobirthing is for every woman? That's a really good question. I think every couple and woman would benefit from doing a hypnobirthing program, but I don't know if every woman would be able to use hypnosis and the the real hypnobirthing um, techniques in their labor. So the program covers so much. There's so much value in there in terms of education and knowledge and different techniques. The hypno side of it, I think, takes a lot of commitment, a lot of trust, a lot of willingness to surrender and let go and allow your body to do its thing. And I don't know if every woman is um, on board with that side of things. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like if you're a little bit resistant, it potentially won't do what it's supposed to in that setting. Right. So it's like, Mm. you've, you've really got to prep yourself. It's not like you just do a class and then you birth and you've got it. You know, there is a lot of prep in this. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short is they think, well, I've done the five-week program. I've gone to the classes. I should be ready. But it actually takes ongoing practice and preparation to actually prepare your mind and body for what you, what state you want to be in when you're birthing your baby. Um, And not Mm. everybody has the time or has the motivation to put in that amount of effort. Also with hypnobirthing, something that sort of drew me to it after my births when I was understanding more about birth, which is funny, it happens afterwards. Always, yeah. Um, always, <laughs> yeah. I actually was listening to, do you know Catherine Graves? She's like a very famous hypnobirther in the UK. No, I actually don't. Okay. Um, I was just listening to her like on a podcast sort of, and she used this really great analogy. So she says that, hypnobirthing is designed to eliminate fear yeah and women are very fearful of birth and so she says you could use all the tools and techniques there are in hypnobirthing and layer it but she and she uses the princess and the pea analogy so you know how like there's that delicate princess she's lying on the mattress there's a pea under her mattress and then she can't sleep because there's this pee under her mattress. So then the servants continue to add layers. So they're adding more mattresses until she's like towers high. 
but she can still feel the pee. And Catherine Graves used the pee as fear Mm -hmm. in birth. So she's like, you could layer it with all the tools and techniques, the affirmations, the visualizations and all that. She's like, but if you don't eliminate the fear, she's like, you're not actually doing the work. I found that really powerful because I I love a good visual. So I'm visualizing that in my brain with the princess and the pee. And I thought, yeah, that's really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us then, Beck, how much power does fear have in birth? Huge, massive. And I, I also love that visual and that analogy. So fear in birth is basically ingrained in us from such an early age. I had one of my mums in a hypnobirthing class say she remembers being five years old and somebody told her, never have a baby, it's the worst thing in the world. So from such a young age, we are being sent messages and stories and beliefs around birth being traumatic, painful, scary. Um, We then watch movies and TV shows that depict birth in a really horrible way on the whole. We, you know, then enter our birthing time, you know, around, you know, from our 20s and to 30s when our friends are having babies and we start to hear the stories and often they're quite scary and, you know, we hear all sorts of horrible things that are happening to women in labour and birth. And I find that as soon as you fall pregnant, everybody then decides it's their right to share their story with you. And again, on the whole, a lot of this stuff is quite scary. So we are being conditioned to believe that birth is fearful. Um, Birth is something to be scared of. It's going to be traumatic. It's going to be painful. And that is ingrained in such a deep way in our subconscious that we need to do the deeper work to be able to clear that out and let go of those condition, that conditioning and those beliefs so that when we're in labor, we are less likely or, or hopefully not going to get triggered or slip back into that fear space because fear can then have really negative impacts on our body in labor. It's hard, you know, because I understand. So because I've been sharing birth stories for over a year now. Yeah. And the, a lot of women write to me that have these really kind of traumatic experiences, with, mm-hmm. which I think is important to talk about anyway. But also women send me stories where these crazy events happen throughout their birth. And then I'll reach out to a person and be like, oh, like you just had a baby. Share, like, do you want to share your birth story? Oh, mine was really uneventful. Like nothing happened. And I was like, you birthed a baby. That's <laughs> what happened. happened. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you just went through this really kind of transformative and profound experience and you're brushing it off because maybe there was no intervention or you do know what I mean? It's funny because even the way that we're talking about really basic physiological births it's classed as uneventful and it kind of does my head in a little bit and those stories are the ones that I find more interesting because I'm thinking wow what is the difference between you and someone else and I find a lot of the time fear is a big factor Um, or being unfearful in that sense. But I kind of think, how did we get here? How did we, we've been birthing since the beginning of time. Have women always been fearful or is this new? 
It's, it's relatively new. So when you, you look, I could spend all day talking about the history of women and how we used to birth and what shifted over the years. But essentially, you know, in the 1800s, there was this big shift in government and they basically abolished all the rights and ceremonies around birthing. So prior to that, women were birthing easily, beautifully, calmly, with little discomfort, little issues at all based on the records that we have. Then a government came in, they decided that the women who supported women during childbirth were practicing witchcraft or um, and they abolished those practices. So the supports and the ceremonies and the um, the doulas and the midwives back then were no longer allowed to support women. So then women were left alone and scared and frightened birthing their baby. And then we kind of transition more into the 19th, um, 1900s, and then we've got lots of medical intervention that starts popping up. And then that medical intervention is generally applied to every woman in labour rather than a case-by-case needs basis. So every woman then gets all the intervention because they're scared and because they're frightened, so they want to go to the hospital and get the medical support. So it's just kind of been this really yeah long journey where we've moved from beautiful physiological natural easy birth to something that is feared and very medicalized yeah and I think that's an important factor in this too when it comes to fear because when I think about birthing environment I think it's funny you know it's kind of flipped now so when the first time I ever heard somebody having a home birth I thought, why why on earth would you do something like that? What if this happens? What if that happens? And, you know, your mind kind of plays those games with you. And I think obviously I was very unaware of the role fear played in birth. And obviously the fear drove me to go to a hospital because hospital equals safe, right? Hospital, they fix people, they help people, they cure people. So why wouldn't I birth in a hospital? And I probably... And speaking on behalf of a lot of women. So it was that safety element for me to go to a hospital. Um, again, like we were saying before, there's nothing wrong with a hospital birth and there's nothing wrong with a home birth. Every woman is different. It needs to meet their specific need. But I think that that, yeah, is really important because it's almost like the fear drives you away from the natural or I'm, I'm trying, that's maybe natural's lack of a better words, but yes, this very basic way of birthing back to how we were birthing. It's so interesting though, when you describe about like being drawn to hospital, because that felt safe for you, that felt like the best decision. It's so interesting though, because I feel like the minute we enter a hospital, we assume the role of a sick person because we only go to hospital if there's something wrong with us. So Mm -hmm. we're automatically falling into this script or this belief that they are here to fix me, they are here to save me. And that, again, psychologically is the complete wrong mindset for birth. We don't need, like our bodies are perfectly designed to birth our baby. We are birthing our baby. We're not sick. There's nothing wrong with us. Our body is doing exactly what it's designed to do. But the minute we walk into that hospital system, this, the, it's flipped. It's like you've got the power. You're the expert. You have the, you make the decisions. But really, it should be the exact opposite of that. Mm. So, how do you go then in discussing, say? risk factors and Hmm. I guess 
necessary interventions, not unnecessary because we know that the unnecessary happens quite often, but sometimes, sometimes intervention is necessary. How do you then go about discussing these kinds of things or traumatic births, for example, around the element of fear? So it's like how, how do we have these conversations without um, enforcing, influencing fear on someone? And I think that there's there's certainly a place to have these conversations. I think it's really important for women to be really aware of what birth trauma is, what can cause birth trauma, what impact that can then have on your experience and then life in the postnatal period. Um, I think that we need to be informed. We then also need to know what are our options in the hospital system, what um, types of interventions might I be offered, what are the risks of each one of these options so that I can then make an informed decision around which path I want to go down. So I think knowledge is power. I think we need to understand these things, but I think we need to do just as much, if not more work in the space of preparing for visualizing Um, focusing on what we do want for our birth because I think we can get too caught up in I don't want this I don't want that I don't you know I really hope this doesn't happen but we forget to create in our mind and a belief system around what we do want to happen for our birth and labor experience Mm. Mm. so tell us then how can we eliminate our fears of birth and prepare ourselves for this event? Hmm. So I think it's twofold. Well, I think there's lots of layers, but in hypnobirthing in particular, we do a hypnosis um, that's designed to release fear. So we know that a lot of our fears are stored in our subconscious mind. So, for example, if I'm talking to you about birth is beautiful, natural, you know, your body's perfectly designed, your logical mind might be saying, yeah, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not sure if I agree with it because you've got all of these stories and beliefs in your subconscious that conflict with that information. So in hypnosis, what we're able to do is we can actually access that subconscious part of your mind, which hypnosis is really just a deep state of relaxation where you're more suggestible to um, things that I'm saying if I was guiding you through a hypnosis. So we access that subconscious part of your mind. You're then able to release the fears that you have around birth, whether it's memories, stories, beliefs. Um, experiences you've had, the movies you've watched, everything you're holding in your subconscious that's not serving you for birth. In hypnosis, we can let it go, release it, destroy it essentially. And then what we do is we filter in these really beautiful, positive visualizations around birth, affirmations, and that can go directly into your subconscious mind. And then it's going to be more lasting and deeper within you. So that in labor, the the positive stuff is more likely to be solidified in your mind. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I can see how that could be a really powerful way to enter, you know, when, when labor starts and then, okay, yeah, we're here, off we go, because you've done all of that work. And like you were saying, you've dug deep beneath all of those layers. I wanted to ask you, Because a lot of hypnobirthing practitioners or teachers or coaches, they kind of 
ignore the hypno side Mm. of it. But you today have spoken a lot about hypnosis. And I think that comes with being obviously a qualified mental health professional as a psychologist. But a lot of these people running these these workshops and, and things aren't qualified psychologists or have maybe any practice with hypnosis. So is that a really important factor in hypnobirthing? I believe it is. I mean, Mm. it's called hypnobirthing. And I guess I think it's important to note that there's different kinds of programs out there. So Mm. it's also important to do your research around, is this person just calling themselves a hypnobirthing practitioner? Are they accredited? Have they done the training? There's, again, different um, streams of hypnobirthing out there. So Mm. with anything, I think it's important to find somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah, I think hypnosis is the probably the missing link that you know, and I think that was one of your questions down the bottom, but around what is missing, like what's the key? And I think a lot of people do the affirmations and the layering of things, but they don't work through their fears. And that Mm. could also include past traumas, past traumatic birth experiences, even past sexual trauma that could be triggered during labor. Mm. You know, there's lots of things under the surface that are really important to release and let go of or at least process. And you could do that through hypnobirthing with a qualified hypnobirthing professional. You could do that with a psychologist. So I obviously support women in my private practice with birth trauma. So there's, yeah, there's different ways to to work through that fear. I think that's a, a good point that you bring up, really doing our homework on the people that we're, putting our money and trust in to help us prepare for birth. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of women have expectations, aka a birth plan. (laughs) Uh, And I just want to know if this is beneficial or detrimental in a birth experience. What do you think? I think that's a really good question. I think that birth plans can be both. What I I guess what I teach in hypnobirthing is birth preferences are what we want to focus on because in my experience, birth rarely goes to plan. So if we've got this really rigid, structured, this is exactly how I want my birth to go and inevitably it doesn't go exactly like that, you as a woman can end up feeling like you failed, feel really disappointed, feel really upset about how your birth has played out. And you're also not adequately prepared because if things deviate from that plan, you then have no, I guess, idea of how to handle or navigate that turn in your birth experience. So in hypnobirthing, I talk about birth preferences. So having a really clear vision of your ideal birth, like what you'd really like to occur in your labor and birth, and then have your backup plan and have these, you know, if this happens, this is what path I might go down. If I need an induction, this is what I'm going to put into place. If I end up, and this is what I teach in hypnobirthing, if I end up with an emergency C-section, this is what's important to me because I truly believe that you can have a positive empowering birth regardless of how you birth your baby. But a really key element to that is feeling prepared and having some preferences in place so that you can still have that element of control around what's happening. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. (laughs) 
<laughs> Definitely. More recently, how I was saying before, birth has been portrayed as only really empowering if it was a certain way. Mm. So drug-free, at home, you catch your baby. I, I've, I've seen, you know, women birth their babies this way. It is magnificent. Like there is nothing like it. But that also wasn't my experience. <laughs> so it's like amazing that people can have that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not under the the belief that every woman will birth the same way. I, you just have to look at the same woman, the first birth in comparison to the second birth. They can be very different and it's the same woman. Yeah. So should we be setting women up to believe birth is a certain way? Because as you were saying before, cesareans can also be very powerful and very empowering. Yeah. So what what's the missing link here, do you think? Well, I think the most important message is there is no right way to birth your baby. And I think we are both on the same page around that. I, like I said before, I'm a huge advocate for positive, empowered birth, regardless of how that's achieved, whether it's through a natural, physiological dream water birth where you receive your own baby versus a planned c-section or an emergency c-section and everything in between i think every kind of birth can be epic and amazing and a woman should feel proud of her birth and how she's brought her baby into the world regardless i think that there is a bit of a damaging message out there at the moment that this is the only way you should birth your baby and if you haven't birthed like this like that natural water birth then you've failed i i truly believe that every woman's body is capable of a natural physiological birth. Our bodies are perfectly designed to birth our baby, um, assuming that mum is healthy, baby's healthy, and there's no special circumstances that arise through pregnancy or birth. But I think that, you know, women cope differently with labour. We have different birth environments. We have different fears that may or may not have been processed. So there's things that can get in the way of that. So on the one Mm. hand, I think it is possible for every woman with a health a healthy woman with a healthy baby but I think that there's lots of layers as to why it doesn't happen and I feel like it's more helpful for women to be prepared for different types of outcomes but knowing they're they're amazing regardless yeah and it really is about the way we're having conversations around birth and I honestly think if we flipped it in a way where we were talking about fear in birth over maybe events in in birth, how very different maybe our mindset or attitude would be towards birth as well. So what do you think are some important factors or maybe some tips um, that help women have a positive birth experience? Asking a pro. (laughs) So my first tip is preparation. I mean, Mm. I think the biggest mistake I see a lot of women make is they think they should just wing it and hope for the best. And that is probably mistake number one I see people make. And I often have hypnobirthing couples come back second time round and say, that just didn't work. And it was, it did not end well. It's the biggest day of your life. Honestly, hands down, better than my wedding day. And I spent a whole lot of money on my wedding day and a year preparing. Birth is the the biggest day of your life. So preparing. So thinking about how are you going to cope with the intensity of labor? 
What techniques can help you manage pain? How do you want or need your partner to support you through labor? What are your birth preferences? Um, and have the knowledge around the pros and cons of all the different options that might come up during labor so you can make informed decisions. Do the work around your fear and releasing your fear. There is so much preparation that can be done for your birth experience. And that I think is one of the biggest factors or one of the most important things in preparing for a positive birth. Um, And then the the second one is really about the environment that we birth in and how big of an impact that can have on our experience. So the most important things for a woman to naturally birth her baby is feeling calm, feeling safe, feeling supported, feeling private and being respected through labour. So there's a certain environment is going to promote that. Um, we need to feel loved. We need to feel like we can let go and surrender. If we're in an environment where we don't feel safe or we don't trust the people around us or we're worried about people sticking their hands up our vagina, um, it's going to be really hard to let go and surrender and trust our bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. So that environment, and I think you can achieve this in a hospital environment. It's a little bit harder, um, but really thinking about how you can create a really safe, supportive calm environment to birth your baby Mm. and I also think the people that you have around you in your birth can really impact Mm. that sense of positive experience or sense of calm like you were saying for me my husband was fantastic in both my births he was really my rock Mm. despite he had no idea what he was doing in in the first one anyway it's almost like the first time you birth it's like okay now I know what I need yeah you know it kind of does prepare you for the next births if you have them and I remember thinking to myself I need a second person because I think I exhausted my 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 one person which was my husband I did have a private midwife as well who I felt was quite non-existent throughout so because my birth was quite lengthy with my first so I really was like I needed a second support person there so in my second birth I had my mum but I mean my second birth was under three hours so (laughs) very different to my first Mm. and but having that second person I think is what helped me get through Mm. so I also think your support people can really impact your birth as well definitely and but I think you need to think very carefully about who those people are which I think you alluded to it's like can you truly surrender with this person in your space do you fully trust Mm. them do they understand what kind of birth you want and what you need from them um because I know with my second birth my mum was at my house because she was coming to look after my toddler and she was like, she's a bit of a like busy body and hustle and bustle. And she was kind of like, oh, you've got to go. You've got to go. Your surgeons, like they're too close together. You need to get to the hospital. I'm like, mum, just chill out. It's fine. <laughs> Stop. You're like, telling you're, her. <laughs> you're stressing me out, mum. Like, so <laughs> she's beautiful. I love her to death. But yeah. um, thinking about who and how that person could influence your experience. And then also the next step to that is who we want on our professional support team. So who's our care provider and thinking through okay well what's their approach to birth because if they don't believe in the way I want to birth it's going to be really hard to achieve this kind of birth so 
you know, if you've got an OB, you could look at, you know, what's their C-section rate, what's their way of managing things when labour might slow down and things aren't progressing, how do they support you with that and, um, and make a really informed, conscious decision about whether they're the right person to support you with your birth wishes. Mm. Well, I think this is a good conversation because I think it will it kind of leads us into this next question where I wanted to ask you because a lot of people on the uh, through Instagram when I asked if they wanted to ask you a question, this particular question kept coming up. Why do some women birth a certain way and feel fine mm. and then another woman could birth the exact same way and feel traumatised? Mm-hmm. What could be the difference here? So... One in three women describe their birth as traumatic, which I just find really heartbreaking. Um, and I think the important thing to understand about birth trauma is it's not about what happens during labour. It's about how a woman feels during her birth experience. So on paper, two women could have the exact same birth on paper But like you said, one woman could feel traumatised and the other woman doesn't. So some of the emotions that are attached to birth trauma are feeling um, alone or unsupported, feeling unheard, like nobody's listening to me. Um, You might feel like you were disempowered, so you didn't have um, a choice in things. Um, you might feel disrespected or like your dignity was taken away, whether it's like you're forced onto the bed with your legs in the air and people keep coming in and out and you, you just don't feel safe or feel um, respected in how you're birthing your baby. And these things that I'm talking about are basic human rights. Mm. They are basic human rights that should and, you know, apply to a birthing woman but are often taken away are often Mm. violated during labor and this these are some of the things that can result in birth trauma um I've all like I'm working with women who've experienced birth trauma some of them talk about somebody because we're in such a vulnerable state in labor Mm. the smallest things can impact us so I've had one woman say a student midwife came in to watch or to see and the student midwife had this horrible look on her face. Like she kind of made a facial expression when she looked at the baby's head crowning or something and she's like, in that moment I felt crushed and I just, I was scared and that facial expression is stuck in my in my mind. Mm. Um, so it could be this or uh, somebody making a throwaway comment um, or, yeah, walking in without permission so there's like really small things that can really influence a woman during labor and birth and this could be tied to past traumas as well that are um, triggered so yeah there's there's lots of reasons why um different women experience things differently it's like we we as humans all interpret things Mm. uniquely everybody is so different in the way that they perceive something and then interpret something. And I think that plays a role, yeah, in birth as well, in the birth experience. And I also think about women who sustain 
significant birth injuries in their births and how that can also really impact their mental health mm. and obviously their physical health and their quality of life. And And I think a lot of these sort of negative birth experiences or traumatic birth experiences, my understanding is that it can influence the fourth trimester or or your journey into motherhood as well. Mm. Could you tell us a little bit about how how that can impact becoming a mum and having mm. a newborn? Yeah, yeah. I guess even just imagining what and you know some listeners hearing this might have gone through this personally. So if this is a really touchy topic, I just really want to encourage you to look after yourself and um, turn off if this is too much or yeah, do what you need to do in listening to this. But I just imagine like meeting your baby for the first time and what like what has just happened to your body to that if that experience is traumatic it you are going to be so detached from that experience that it's going to be really hard for that transition into motherhood so those early hours that are really important after birth can be really impacted and then the days the weeks the months following can also be influenced by birth trauma so we know that women who've experienced birth trauma might have more challenges bonding with their baby and falling in love with their baby understandably they can really doubt themselves and question their ability as a mother and lack confidence and lack yeah I guess that strength in themselves around you know what they're navigating in early motherhood because obviously it's such a challenging time to transition into and then adding birth trauma on top of that is Mm. um, really impactful. It can impact breastfeeding. It can impact your mental health. So postnatal depression, postnatal anxiety, even PTSD can occur after birth trauma. Uh, It can also impact your relationship with your partner. Um, So Mm. there's so many layers to birth trauma and the impact that can have on the fourth trimester and beyond. So I really want to acknowledge that just because you pass that first three months after your baby's born doesn't mean that it automatically goes away. Mm. Um, I've worked with women on birth trauma for over a year through the, the, the first birthday of their baby and that being a really triggering time for them. Um, mm. It can then impact them for future births. And, um, you know, I've had women come to me saying, I plan to have a massive family and now I can't even consider getting pregnant again um so it it, like it's it's super um it's it's a huge thing for a woman to experience and go through and I think it's not acknowledged or spoken enough about yeah I I definitely agree with you there and I think I, I can understand the triggers as well because it's almost like every woman around you almost will be pregnant and birth a baby and I mean, some of them will walk away with trauma, but if you're if you've got people around you who kind of make it look so easy breezy, mm. um, I can't I can't imagine what that does to somebody as well. Having that mm. that trauma carry with them, mm-hmm. so that would be that would be hard to watch as well. Yeah. So, can you tell us then maybe some skills or strategies to manage our mental health? If maybe mm-hmm. it could just be as simple as being disappointed with our birth experience, or I guess the the other end of the spectrum is is birth yeah. trauma. 
So, yeah, I think that the most important thing is acknowledging those emotions that are attached to your birth and recognising that it's not, it can be a complex interplay of emotions that come up. So my second birth actually ended in an emergency C-section um, and I, it was a beautiful, positive, like it was everything that I teach around preparing for when things don't go to plan. But I had a huge amount of disappointment and I was really upset um, for a period of time. And I think a really important part is acknowledging that we're complex beings and we can have multiple emotions at the same time when thinking about our birth. You can be completely in love with your baby and feel a deep amount of pain and sadness about how your baby entered the world. So I think the first step is really making space for those emotions and acknowledging them because I think in that, especially in that fourth trimester, we are in survival mode. So what we do is we just kind of push it down, stuff it down. I don't have time. I don't have the space or capacity to deal with this. What we know, though, is that we can only push it down for so long. So it is a really helpful process to actually bring it up and let it out in a safe way. So acknowledging those emotions um, with self-compassion, so with a deep warmth and love towards yourself, you know, something that can be helpful is really focusing on the fact that I did the best I could. I am strong, I, but I feel deep pain around my birth experience. So we, from a place of love and warmth and compassion towards yourself, rather than from, you know, our brain often naturally goes to you failed, you didn't do a good enough job, it was your fault. So trying to let go of that voice, because that's just a voice, it's just a story in your head, mm. and tune into that compassion and kind of like how you would talk to a, a good friend who's been through it. Think about the things you'd say to her and the support you'd give her and see if you can try and give that to yourself. And so in bringing up these feelings and the emotions, it can be helpful to talk to a safe person or somebody you trust about it. You might journal your feelings about your birth or write out your birth story um, as a way to kind of get it out of here and out of here and kind of out into, you know, kind of releasing it. Mm. So that's kind of one, a few tips. Um, and then I would also recommend if it's, um, something that you feel like you need more support with is really linking in with a professional that can guide you through um, this birth, do birth processing um, and help you move through that trauma that you might be holding on to. Mm, yeah, really great points. But self-compassion, <sighs> I just want to, oh, it is life-changing. Once you, once you learn mm -hmm. how to show yourself compassion, you're a different person yeah. in your head and around people and the way that you feel empathy towards people and yourself. It, it changes everything. It really does. And I think it helps you surrender that little bit more and slow down because I always find like women, we're so fast-paced and we're go, go, go because we've always got 10,000 things to do. Um, but self-compassion is a really powerful tool because I think it does help us to kind of connect and be grounded a bit more and mm -hmm. recognise so, yeah, I do. I agree with you there. Mm -hmm. um, my last question for you is what do you think people misunderstand about birth the most? Oh, good question. Um, I think probably the thing 
that people misunderstand the most is I think we might believe that birth is something that we need to do and something that we need to think about for it to happen, but it's actually something that our body does. So Mm -hmm. it's a completely primal physiological process. Um, So basically what we need to do is get out of our own way, get out of our head into our body, switch off our brain and actually surrender to the process. So obviously I've spoken a lot about birth preparation and knowledge and understanding and making informed decisions. I think all of that is really important and having the techniques down pat and feeling confident in relaxation and visualization and breathing techniques. But I actually say this to my hypnobirthing couples, I'm like, do the work and then surrender. Let it go Mm. and trust that you've done the work and your body's got this. Um, So rather than thinking about it, it's like, okay, I need to remember to do this and then I need to think about this and then I need to do this. It's like switch that off and let, let it go, let it happen. It's like birth is not a checklist that needs to be ticked. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And I think that's real. That's probably a really hard thing for a lot of women to do is actually let go of control mm. and stop thinking. And, again, yeah. that's why hypnobirthing is so important to do the hypnosis and the relaxation to practice and learn how to switch that part of your brain off so that you can because really most of the time our brain is just going to get in the way. Mm. going to be like oh what was that sound oh was that you know am I getting closer to the end oh you know what was that twinge um oh should I try a different position the more we think the more we're kind of interfering with what our body's trying to do mm. yeah very interesting mm. I think it was a really good introduction to hypnobirthing and the power that hypnobirthing has but then also the power that we kind of already have within us yeah as women we can do this it doesn't have to look this certain way but we can do this in however way that we that we want and it can happen Mm -hmm. um so thank you for coming on today Beck. i appreciate it oh emily thank you so much for having me it's been so lovely to chat to you thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode if you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health please don't hesitate to reach out we would love to hear from you you can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.